In this episode, I'll talk about energy. I'll talk about using energy, what that means, and how to do it. So this topic comes up a lot, probably because I teach it so much. So I teach that we need to use our intention and our energy and our body language with horses. But what does that really mean? And how do we really do it? So in this episode, I'll explore and explain different types of energy, such as invisible energy, inviting energy, sending energy, and surrendering. So here we go. Episode 51, Using Energy. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. You know, recently I saw a, a post on Facebook in my Dressage Naturally Land Facebook group and a student was asking a question uh, about a horse that she had that was kind of low responsiveness. And she was asking for help about how to get the horse a little bit more responsive. And I found my answer was less about talking about techniques and, you know, as far as phases and pressure and things like that. And it was much more about starting with her energy. And um, then I realized, <laughs> you know, this really deserves a little more in-depth conversation than what I can write in a post. But in my comment to her, I told a story. And the story is this. So I used to live in Manhattan. I spent about six years living in New York City. It was really fun. It was at a good time of year. I was in my 20s and my friends were in a band. And, you know, it was it was a super fun place to live. I'm really glad I don't live there anymore. Um, but anyway, and I would commute out to the, the farm, the facility where I trained dressage. Anyway, why I'm telling this story is I would notice that on the busy sidewalks of Manhattan that there were days where I could walk along and it seemed like I was having to move out of everybody's way. <laughs> it was like there's this river of people coming and I was kind of having to bob and weave and change my course and get out of the way or I felt like I was going to be run into and it was kind of intimidating. However, I noticed that there were other days where I felt like I could just walk down the sidewalk, hold my line, and everybody else got out of my way. So <laughs> eventually I, I started, you know, being conscious of this. And then I started making it a game of like, I wonder if I can change it. Now, I don't think I ever on purpose changed it to make people run into me. Uh, but I did on the days that I felt like, gosh, I, I, it's hard to make progress because I'm bobbing and weaving all the time. I would catch myself and go, wait, what could I change to make it so I can go and everybody gets out of my way? And it turns out that there were some actual 
techniques for that. <laughs> it's like the New York City sidewalk technique. <laughs> so this is all about the energy, right? So it wasn't that I, you know, thrashed my arms and legs around. It wasn't that I was, you know, yelling at people. I could change nothing else on the outside. It was completely on the inside. Now, actually, as I'm saying that, I'm sure there were some outward manifestations of it. I'm sure my expression was different. I'm sure my eye contact was different. And I'm sure the way I held myself and my posture was different. But that's not what I was thinking about. I wasn't thinking things like, put your eyes here and move your arms in such a way. I was changing something on the inside. Because the reality is that was the difference. That was the difference between one day and the next. You know, I have the same posture. I walk the same way. Basically, I tend to have the same expression on my face most of the time within the range. What was different was usually the mood I was in, how tired I was, how distracted I was, how much in my head I was, how happy I was how excited I was to get to the place that I was going. So things like that. Now, in, in my book, and also in my Habits for Excellent Horsemanship course, I talk about some different energies. So I talk about having invisible energy. And that's when you don't disturb what's going on. That you can enter a space... And it's almost like nobody even notices you. You have the smallest impact. So <laughs> the days where everybody was walking and I was moving out of everybody else's way, I felt invisible. <laughs> you know, I definitely felt like, hey, you know, I'm here. <laughs> so another kind of energy is inviting energy. Now, inviting energy is an energy that causes others to come towards you. It invites people into your space. People know, or beings, because it works with horses too, know that they're welcome. It opens the door to that. Another kind of energy is what I call sending energy. It could be called driving energy. And this is an energy that causes others to move away kind of makes sense. With your horses, it could be what you send your horse out on the circle or you send them or they yield away from you, something like that. And then there's also surrender energy, which is perhaps not what you might think it is. And I'll get into that a little bit more after I talk about these other energies. So all of these energies can work with horses and people and probably cats and dogs and birds and squirrels, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and so let's kind of talk a little bit more about each of these. So let's start with invisible energy. Now, I know that you're never really invisible. So anytime you enter a space, you're going to be having an effect on the situation. But we can consciously try to minimize that effect. And I'm sure you can think of examples of this. There's examples of like, let's say you're at a party. All right, this is 
2021. Remember when you could go to parties? <laughs> there's like many people in the room. And there's always that person who, when they come to the party, like you, you could be in a totally different room and you know when they walk through the front door, even if you can't see them. It's like you just hear a different kind of laughter or a different kind of whatever. And like, boom, there they are. They walk in the room and they're present. So think about what they're doing and think about what's the opposite of that. Because probably you could be at a party where you've been at the party for hours and you go to leave and you look over and you see somebody that's also been at the party for hours and you're like, oh, hey, I didn't even know you were here. <laughs> All right. So invisible energy. Now I show this in... Um, in my book, I talk about it in my book. And then in the video that comes with a book, I show an exercise of me playing with invisible energy. And the way I show it is I have my horse out trotting on a circle in a round pen and I move my feet from the center of the round pen up to the horse, put my hand on the horse and then I go back into the center of the, of the round pen and my horse doesn't change a thing. So now chances are he knows I'm there. He saw me, but as he, as my feet moved to go towards him, he, he didn't feel like it disturbed him or affected him. Somehow he knew that this had nothing to do with him. I was just coming up alongside of him and I was coming back away. So he somehow knew that that wasn't a cue. And so that's an example of me on purpose using invisible energy. Again, I'm just, it's just a term. He could see me. <laughs> he saw me coming. He felt my hand on him. But there was it was a neutral energy. It was not meant to change anything. Now, I was recently uh, on a Warwick Schiller's podcast, uh, episode 44 of the journey on podcast. And we, I was telling a story about some time that I had, that I spent with, um, Don Miguel Ruiz. He's an author and he's also a, a Toltec shaman. So I was in Mexico and we were doing this open eye meditation in this really cool space in Teotihuacan. And it was an open eye meditation and the whole group that I was with was lined up in this really skinny hallway, kind of smushed up against the wall and people had to step over your feet to get past. And we were staring at the space and uh, Miguel Ruiz ended up at one point coming right in front of me, he kind of shimmied and stepped over people and he squinched up and sat right in front of me and we connected for a little bit and he was, um, had his hand on me and I had my hand on him and we were making direct eye contact and just exchanging this amazing energy and connection. And that lasted for, I don't know how long, maybe five minutes. It wasn't that long, but you know, long enough. <clears throat> and then he left. And at the end of that meditation and the group uh, got together outside the space and we were sharing stories. And I told the story just like that. And the people who were right next to me looked at me and said, Miguel wasn't here. And I said, yeah, he was, he was here. He's right in front of me. And he put his hand on my heart and I put my hand on his heart and 
was about here for five minutes. And they looked at me and they go, Karen, Miguel wasn't here. And then I asked the group leader, was Miguel here? And she said, yes, honey, Miguel was here. He spent, he did that. And so the other said, well, how come we didn't see him? And my group leader, Sherry said, because he didn't want you to. So he knew how to master invisible energy. So how is he doing this? Well, <laughs> I think if you, for me, when I try to think about how to do something and it seems tricky or complicated, I like to think about what, what the opposite would be. So think about the person who, you know, they walk in the door of the party and you're in the other room and somehow you already know what are they doing? What are people doing? Those people that walk down the street and like, you got to get out of the way, right? So what are they doing? So just kind of think about that. And I don't really want to give you a five-step how-to for this because I think you've really got to find it within yourself. It's it by definition, you've got to figure out the energy of this, but the stories I'm telling you and descriptions will help kind of give you some clues. So just entertain the idea that it's possible to sort of disappear into the environment. And probably one of the ways to do that is to not think so much, <laughs> not introduce thoughts into the environment and to kind of mirror what's going on, to mirror what's happening. And for now, I'll just leave that at that. So let's, let's talk a little bit about inviting energy. So when I think about inviting energy, sort of a strong version of that would be like Star Trek fans out there, you know, the tractor beam, <laughs> right? So they, the beam comes out and it latches on to this other spaceship and it pulls it with you. So that's kind of the idea. It's, it involves a connection and then a draw. Now, sometimes that draw could be achieved through softening, right? So think about with, with horses, um, sometimes it's a softening of boundaries, a softening of the energy field around you that invites in. And sometimes it can be through being intriguing, which I think might have a little bit of an energy or an excitement kind of thing uh, um, where it's like a curiosity. You're building up curiosity energy. So sometimes to be intriguing to a horse, I might go and like look at some really interesting looking grass on the ground and like, ooh, this is, wow, look at that grass. I wonder what that is. And that's a very natural thing for a horse to do is like, whoa, I look at things on the grass I want to know what's in the grass too, <laughs> you know? So by adding a sort of curiosity, um, interest kind of energy, you can sometimes draw, draw someone in. Um, think of a little child or something, you know, playing in the corner. It sort of captures your attention. You can be drawn to it just because you're like, what are they doing? <laughs> what are they looking at? You know, you could think of, you're standing in a crowd and someone looks up and points, you know, and pretty soon everybody else is going to be looking up, right? Because there's a, there's an interest. What's that over there? 
So that sort of thing. Think about what it means, you know, what you do to be flirtatious, right? So when you think about flirtatious um, eyes, you might like look at someone from across the room and then drop your eyes and draw them back. Not that I was ever very good at flirting, but technically I think that that works, right? So it's the same thing that there's a sense of connection and then retreat in some way or a connection to someone else and then your attention comes back over to something closer to you or within you. All right, so sending energy, how is that different? Well, an exaggeration of sending energy is the like, get off my lawn <laughs> kind of kind of energy, right? You're asking for movement. You're asking for something to go away. Now that can be, you know, get off my lawn and here's my shotgun. Or I'm going to run over there and smack you if you don't get off my lawn. You know, or it could be like a dance, right? Where there's this reciprocation where you the energy moves towards and that moves the other body away right so sending energy is something that we often use a lot that's probably the energy that most people think about the most with their horses so the person who was asking the question in the facebook group i'm sure was thinking of sending energy it's like i need my horse to move how do I get my horse to move? So let's let's talk about how we might do that because I that's where I talk about the energy a lot as far as using energy. And again, sometimes by sometimes the more subtle energies, the drawing energy and the invisible energy are more subtle and we can we can be more informed about what that means to have drawing energy or invisible energy by really being conscious about the more obvious kind of energy, which is the sending energy. All right, so what is sending energy? How can we start to kind of get a handle on this? Think of the difference between a sigh and a cough. All right, I usually try not, not to cough on my podcast, but that was for illustration purposes. All right, so think of that. What's the difference? In both cases, you take a breath in and then it comes out, right? And the sigh, the, you know, so, so experience that again. Take a breath in and sigh. That sigh is kind of like surrender. I told you we'll talk about surrender energy. <laughs> so the sigh is, it's like a surrender because you're simply letting go of effort. It takes effort to hold your breath in and to draw your breath in. And in a sigh, you simply allow and accept the natural release. But with a cough and Go ahead at home. I'm, I'm going to try not to cough again on the podcast, but take a breath in and then cough. So what's the difference? Well, in a cough, you have a moment of potential energy. There's a moment where you're holding. And in that holding, you're building up 
power. You're building up power is potential energy. And then there's a sudden release. So if you don't have that holding moment, that potential energy, it's just a strong blowout. All right. And so a blowout with horses is a sign of release. It's a sign of relaxation. It's not sending energy. For a horse, the sending energy is more like the snort, right? The, the I'm scared and I'm puffing myself up and I'm going to snort, which in horse terms is like, hey, I'm the big man on campus. It's a form of sending energy. And so think of the difference. What's the difference between a blowout? <laughs> Oops, I didn't do it right. <laughs> or a snort. And again, there's a holding first. It's the difference between a sigh and a cough. So for sending energy, you're going to need to gather. You're going to need to gather your breath. You need to gather some potential energy first. You have to gather. So that part, that that's the difference. What are you going to do on the inside? What do you need to think and feel in order to have this build up of energy before, before you even take that breath in, right? Because probably if you think I'm going to sigh or you think I'm going to cough, the way you breathe in is even different. So it's really all about that thought of knowing what your intention is so you know what to do with your energy. And it's all about that because there's lots of exercise you can do. And I show this in, in the horsemanship course and in the book, uh, in the dressage naturally book is you can stand in front of your horse and swing the stick in a rhythmic fashion. And you can swing the stick in the exact same way and have it mean nothing almost like a desensitization or a cue for relaxation. Like, Hey, don't mind me. <laughs> I call it the white flag of surrender. Like, yeah, I'm just swinging my stick. And you could keep that stick swinging and change your energy and have it now drive the horse away and turn it into sending energy. The stick's doing the same thing. Your energy changed. And you can keep swinging the stick the same way and use drawing or inviting energy and have it as a, an actual part of the cue to, for the horse to come. So, and that's something that I do in my video classroom. I saw, I, I saw, <laughs> I have a video where I show, um, creating draw through this big movement. So if my horses are out loose and running around the arena, I can do a big swinging motion along with inviting energy and it actually creates draw. And the same way I can move my stick with big energy sending behind it and they know, whoa, time to go. <laughs> and I can use my invisible energy, my neutral energy to move the stick around and they know, eh, Karen just feels like swinging that stick around. It has nothing to do with me. So let's, let's talk about this surrender energy because this surrender energy is, it's different than 
the other three energies I've been talking about. And I actually think it can happen. It can happen at the same time as the other ones in a way. It's sort of more of a home base. <laughs> so I mentioned just a moment ago that surrender energy is kind of related to a sigh. It's just letting nature be, right? If I take a breath in and I just let it out with my mouth open and no restriction, it turns into a sigh. That's just what it is. Now, I'm not talking about the, oh, woe is me. Oh, it's not a sigh of victimhood. A sigh is not necessarily meaning you're helpless, but it's sort of a sigh of acceptance. It's the sigh of just this is nature happening. Now, I learned a lot about surrender energy from a guy named Michael Singer. He's an author. You can find him on, you can Google him. You can find him. He's, he's written several books and he's got some online courses and he just happens to live about 45 minutes from me and his temple of the universe, um, pre COVID, um, was open and he had, you could go up there a number of times during the week and hear him speak, which I did, but he has a book called the surrender experiment. Uh, his other book is, um, that I really like is called the untethered soul. But he talks about surrendering to the moment that's unfolding in front of you. And the tricky part is that that doesn't mean you're helpless. And this is one of those paradoxes that my brain can go in circles around for a long time. <laughs> and I do not claim to be an expert on this. But I, I get it enough to know how powerful it is and to know that it's a worthy practice to surrender to the moment that's unfolding in front of you. <sighs> the sigh of acceptance, the energy of acceptance and how I reconcile and well, how he, Michael Singer ex explains how to reconcile this um, surrender to what's happening without it becoming victimhood or helplessness is he just means to see things for as they are, to accept them as they are, because from that state, you'll be able to make appropriate decisions of what actions you need to take. Because of course, sometimes you need to change things. <laughs> But to be in that moment of, you know, Eckhart Tolle, be here now, <laughs> to be really here to accept that this is the moment, this is what's happening. And from that state of acceptance, rather than frustration or denial or anger or whatever other thing it is, just go, well, that's happening. And here's what I'm going to do. So this is where I think we can be in a surrender energy at the same time as all the other energies. So we can surrender to what's happening to bring it back to horses. This is what's happening. And now I'm going to choose to 
send and cause movement away or draw and cause movement towards or to be invisible. And if I send energy and it doesn't work, then I surrender to that moment and go, well, that's happening <laughs> or not happening. And now from this place, what do I need to do? So this is where it's so, so applicable to horses. And in fact, um, on Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul, the cover is a horse galloping. How perfect. So just to give you maybe some practical examples of how, how I help people use their energy, um, there's a story of, I was at a clinic, I think it was in Canada, uh, and we were doing some groundwork and asking our horses to move online. And there was a young girl, she's a, a teenager, <clears throat> and she was there with her mother. And I think it might've even been her mother's horse. At any rate, <clears throat> she was there with a horse and her horse was really not doing anything for her. So it reminded me of perhaps the woman who had asked the question in the Facebook group, like my horse just doesn't respond. It's not moving. Now, what was also happening was I was seeing the student be very passive, very self-conscious. She was the youngest one in, in the clinic. And most of the other students were closer to her mom's age. And her mom was sitting near the edge of the arena and was giving her, you know, help. <laughs> and that was, I made air quotes when I said that. So she was critiquing her every time she could. And, you know, she, I could see this, this poor girl just kind of becoming more and more and more invisible, <laughs> even though she was trying to ask her horse to move. So I stopped at one point and we did a little leading following exercise. So I, I stopped everybody because she had asked for some help from me. And I wanted to kind of take over and get her away from the edge of the arena by her mother. And I said, do I have a volunteer, someone who has really bubbly energy? And I hadn't even finished the sentence. And this woman jumped up and she said, me. <laughs> and she had like really curly hair big hair and she just jumped up and I was like okay come on down and she came down I was like perfect she knew who she was she knew she had big bubbly energy and I said okay I want bubbly person to walk around doing what you do and I held the girl's horse for a moment and I said just follow her around for a little bit and, uh, and at first she was self-conscious cause the bubbly person was just like bopping around and prancing and gesturing and laughing and, and, you know, the poor girl was horrified. So I joined her and we had some other people join her. So she wasn't the only one. And we just, I was like, just follow just follow the leader. Like, just be like this person, soak in some of this energy. And pretty soon we were all laughing and this girl was laughing and she was jumping around and not feeling so self-conscious because everybody else was doing it. And so it was just super fun. We were all just cracking up and then we stopped and I handed her a horse and I say, okay, 
now just play with your horse. <laughs> and she sent her horse out in the circle and the horse just like pew, took off, gave this really playful buck and a snort. And we were all just sitting there with our eyes wide open. And she had this big grin on her face. And we just stopped after that. And we're like, let's all just soak in what just happened. So, you know, what was that? That was a change of energy on the inside. Now, I also, when I had a moment, went over to mom <laughs> and I asked her nicely to please stop talking to her daughter during the clinic, that her daughter was going to be fine. I got her and that it wasn't really helping, which her mother did. So I was really grateful for that. So that's just an exercise. So if you find yourself trying to create sending energy, trying to create this powerful energy, and you're not, you don't have enough energy on the inside to hold. Remember, there's that potential energy where we hold and then we release. You can literally just jump up and down in place, do something, put on some crazy music, dance, but literally you can just jump up and down in place. You'll feel the difference. You gotta shake yourself up on the inside. Now you can, I've also done the opposite. So I've also had people who are like super strong with their energy. They're blowing their horse out of the water, right? And I'll do this following thing and I'll get somebody really calm and really flowing and really slow and have them follow them. Now it can drive high energy people crazy. And it's really, it's really fun, entertaining for me to watch, to tempt those high energy people to just take it down a notch. And sometimes the high energy people just, you know, everything's operating on a, on a, a, I don't say higher plane, but a higher energy plane. There's their brains are going faster sometimes. And they just feel like, okay, I got to get on to the next thing. Come on, let's go. Which is great. As long as you have conscious control over it. So one of the techniques that I use to bring um, dr someone who has a natural driving energy, that natural potential energy, but maybe they have trouble just being invisible or being inviting because their horse is always being driven away. So if, you've, if, if you're one of those people and you find it hard to drop in and you have trouble slowing down your brain, um, you can use your brain. And so what I'll ask them to do is to start noticing or seeing how many things you can notice in your immediate area. So you can actually, you can start anywhere. You can have people scan, but often I'll just say, okay, just look around you in like arms distance around you. How many things can you, what do you notice? And then we'll stay there. What else can you notice? And what else can you notice? And you'll usually get to a point where you feel like I've noticed everything. I'm done. <laughs> I need a different space. And then stay there and see if you can notice something else and notice something else. And pretty soon you'll get to like a floodgate. And all of a sudden you're noticing like every single particle of sand and how every piece of sand is actually a different color. And then you're going in, you're seeing things between the pieces of sand and you're now you're dropping in. And now you're starting to lose yourself 
and you're putting your attention on the surrounding area. And so that's a really, really helpful way to kind of harness the busy brain and the busy energy by giving it something to do. It's really hard to say, don't do that. So give it something to do, but give it something to do where it's going to focus here on a deeper level than it's used to focusing. So this is an exercise that you can try, you know, next time you're with, you know, in an area with a group of people, especially if you're walking on a busy street, this is where it's really fun. See if you can harness your energy to cause people to move out of your way. And it's not about, it's not always about being like mean or aggressive. In fact, sometimes um, aggressiveness, if you feel like you have to be aggressive, it's because you're actually weak. There's weakness on the inside. So not, not you. But, you know, people, you know, think about, think about the, the bully or, you know, the person who's outwardly aggressive. Sometimes it's because there's big, big insecurity or weakness on the inside of the energy. And so they has to come out in this flailing kind of way. So it's not about Karen told me to go down the street and like punch people out of the way. No, <laughs> you know, I want you to see if you can. You can cause people to move out of your way like you're like you're a you're shining, like you're just shining so much that those rays of light naturally cause people to move around you. And you can think about having invisible energy. You know, you can play with that. You can think of, you know, all right, don't get in trouble with doing this with strangers, but you know, sometimes I'll follow people. Like if I'm on a street or a mall, I'll try to mirror them. You know, I'll stop my thinking and I'll just try to mirror and try to drop into the vibe <laughs> or the posture, or the cadence, or the rhythm, the tempo, the, you know, way of moving of that person. And if I can match it, you can do this even from a distance and you'll start to feel like, wow, I feel like I could just move and I'm part of them. <clears throat> and you could, you could move close to them and they might not even notice you. And so can you also practice inviting? You know, go ahead and do some flirting. So it's not just, you know, flirting to get a date. But, you know, I know there's some people, I'm not really good at this actually, that, you know, you walk in, I've been with people where I walk into a room and all of a sudden people are talking to my friend next to me. And then, then in a moment where we're alone, I'll be like, oh, where did you meet all these people? And they'll be like, I've never met any of these people before. But the way that she's talking to them, I feel like I, it seems like they're friends. <laughs> I'm a little more socially inept when it comes to groups of people. But I had this friend who was masterful at this. Leontine, if you're listening, it's you. <laughs> Where she'd just walk in a room, people would talk to her, and I always felt like they, she must know them because it seems like they know each other very well. And she's like, no, just met them. Now, I've observed that in her. I, I wasn't able to pick up the technique. 
but it's possible. There's some sort of a draw, a welcoming. I can do it with horses. <laughs> that counts. So that's something you can practice, you know, see if you can be conscious of it. See if you can be in a room of strangers and be like, hey, I wonder if I can open up that that, that, that person comes and talks to me. Just for fun. Don't get in trouble. <laughs> Disclaimer. And of course, the trickiest one, the trickiest one is the surrender energy. But the good news is you get to practice that all the time. Can you accept the moment at all times? And remember that in accepting the moment, that's the best way to be in a space where you can decide what you're actually going to do or change from there. All right. With a sigh, <laughs> accepting and surrendering to the, the ending of this podcast episode for today. Uh, I hope you'll come to the Dressage Naturally on Facebook group and share some thoughts on this. All right. Have fun. Play. And don't get into trouble with strangers. <laughs> Let me know how it goes with people and with your horses. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process. <laughs>